Live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island, it's Cofield and Company. No one, and I mean no one, is going to outwork this guy. The man has unstoppable energy. Steve Cofield. We like Steve. <laughs> but we don't love Steve. It's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Friday, Friday. Steve's not going to do it. Yeah? I I, I pointed at him in the thing. Did you see Rebecca Black is actually, she was trending on Twitter earlier today. Friday? No. For what? I thought that was, so um, our guy, I don't know why I said our guy, Andrew Tate? Oh, God. It's not not our guy, it's not our guy. Our guy. She she retweets a, uh, a video of apparently a song that he made. And her, it was actually pretty good. She retweets it, and all she says was, I was at least 13. He's 36. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Rebecca Black? Yeah. Oh, nice. It's a good dig. The young women are just crushing him on Twitter. It's I, great. I actually wanted to send in the song. Because of Dana? Yeah. He's got a lot of energy. He's unstoppable force. Unstoppable force. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot that was in there. TBS is back. TBS has backed off for a week. We could have at least backed off for one Friday. Right. So just throwing out ideas. Just we'll do it next Friday. Ideas. So for those who are just joining us and who have not seen the news, the headline of the day, uh, the NFL has approved plans for a possible neutral site AFC championship game. So I want to lay out the scenarios first before you talk about right your issues with what it is. So the following scenarios based on week 18 results were approved for holding AFC title games on a neutral field. First is if Buffalo and Kansas City both win or tie, a Bills-Chiefs AFC Championship game would be at a neutral site. If Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins or ties, a Bills-Chiefs Championship game would be at a neutral site. If Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins, a Bills or Bengals versus Chiefs Championship game would be at a neutral site. We should also note, because this kind of gets lost in everything, and I think you've, this is the most important point that you and I both agree on, the, I think the most effective teams here are the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens, right? Arguably Cincinnati the most because they lose their shot at the one seed with what they're doing here. And they would have anyway if they went by the rule, right, which is the, yeah. the win percentage. If Baltimore wins on Sunday, gets matched with Cincinnati in an AFC wild card game, the site would be determined by a coin flip. If Cincinnati wins on Sunday or if the two teams, being Baltimore and Cincinnati, are not matched up in the AFC wild card game, Ravens win, then regular scheduling would be used going forward with that so let's start with i'll start with adam and then steve because we haven't heard from you on this at all your problem with this scenario is what well it's for the biggest thing and anybody that listens to to this show at all knows i am very much about rules rules there's a rule in place like i think that's what's missed about a lot of people they said well it was an impossible scenario i agree there was no scenario no case where everybody would have been happy for sure so you're in a tough spot for the NFL. But you do have a rule in place. It's not like you don't. It's not like you had to come up with something. There's a rule in place. And so they, instead of going by the rule, they came up with this scenario that really is not fair to anybody necessarily, except that it's a gift to the Bills. And, and I get it from a PR perspective. You want to do everything you can 
to help out the bills. But sorry, it's it's not it's not a charity. As as much as like we've all been completely and totally enamored and in the corner of you know of this situation and of Demar Hamlin and and hoping that he's okay and everything else, like it's it's not a charity in the end for the team. You can't rewrite the rules to give them a gift, and that's what they did. So, in the end, the most likely scenario to happen, not that it was guaranteed, but more than 50%, if they finish out the game, is that the Chiefs were the number one seed with the game at home. Well, no, they would still have to win, right? They would tomorrow, still have to, they, sure. They would still we're have we're to assuming win. everybody wins right. tomorrow. Would the Bengals, Bills, and Chiefs win tomorrow? We're assuming that in this scenario. That's the most probabilistic outcome. The most probable thing that happened was the Chiefs would have won they would have been the one seed and had a home game for the AFC Championship. By the rule that's in place, that's the same thing that would have happened. So the rule and the most likely scenario both lined up the same way. That the Chiefs were the one seed, they get the game at home for the AFC Championship. That's not going to happen. So the Chiefs are completely screwed in this. The Bengals, unbelievably screwed in this scenario, to where if they play against the Bills in the second round of the playoffs, they're going to have to play on the road. Why? Why? They have a better record, sure. So if you go by the rule, that would have been the case. But you're changing the rule at the top. Why aren't you changing the rule here? And so I think if you're going to go by the scenario that they did, which if you want to say this is the best case, the, the it works out more fair to everyone, that's fine. You have to make Buffalo, Cincinnati a neutral site game. You have to. That's imperative in this. You absolutely must. But you're not because you don't want to do that to the Bills. Okay, so you're taking away playing on the on the road for the AFC Championship game from the Bills. You're also taking away the potential to play on the road or a neutral site for the second round. Everything is done for the benefit of the Bills. Which, again, I know why. PR-wise, we get it. But is that what we're making rules based on now? And then, of course, in the Ravens scenario, they, have, they lose out on any chance of potentially um, getting that, you know, getting the division title or getting a home game or anything like that. They lost out on that, although if they win this game, then they get a coin toss to get a home game. I was going to say, I think technically they can still win the AFC North, but they'd still have they'd a have chance to, of They'd going have to win road. a game right. and win a coin toss with their third-string quarterback, it looks like. So um, there's a lot of scenarios there. So everybody gets screwed in this except for the Bills, which is that how we're making rules? Because they had to go through this horrible situation? I, I, I don't think that's fair. Why do I feel like this rant by Adam – is 51% about rules and 49% about the Bills. It's not. Mm-hmm. What, what, what price did the Bills pay here? So I would say, so, and this is where you and I, this is where I think our disconnect is. Well, you don't is, think home field matters. Well, that. But I also, I keep, I'm viewing it from the prism of, like, we talk about numbers percentages all the time. When we talk about where we were before the Monday night game, the chances of the Chiefs getting that one seed and everything like that to where it is at now and the percentages of those things, when you view it from that prism, which is what I've been viewing it as, I don't think there is a question that the Chiefs benefit the most from this scenario. Where, where our difference is, is you're viewing this from the standpoint of after the result of what happened on Monday night, right, right and going from there with what the rules would be. And I think that's what our difference is because at the end of the day, we could talk about probabilities all we want. The game wasn't decided. And before the game began, the Buffalo Bills controlled their destiny, and I, I would, now they do not. I would accept that if, like, if there if if that hadn't been played and there wasn't a rule, like if they just had to come up with something, you're right. If they just had to come up with something from scratch, absolutely. 
but they don't. Like, they literally have a rule that governs this. No, I know. It's that's, literally in place. And that's, that's where our difference is. Like for, like, for Chiefs fans, like, see, that was one of the things we saw on the Internet, which was Chiefs fans were all complaining. My standpoint right. is, before, we don't know the result. Again, before that result, you didn't control your destiny. It was the Bills who controlled their destiny. And, again, if we're talking about fan bases that should be complaining, it is the team that had the outside shot at the one seed themselves, which was the Cincinnati Bengals, who now are on the outside looking in completely. And that's where my difference comes in when it comes and, to Cincinnati. Excuse me, and Cincinnati, Buffalo not benefiting from Cincinnati this. clearly getting screwed. Right. So, again, I hope this never – obviously we all hope this never happens again. Of course. But aren't you telling a team in the future – to not be gracious like Cincinnati was? Isn't that what you're doing here? Like, are, if this if this were to tragically, unbelievably, sadly happen again, and by the way, it would also not only have to happen, but have to happen to line up where you were actually playing the biggest game of the year for all this. All these things would have to fall into place. But what you're telling a team is, hey, man, that was really cool of you to be gracious about everything, but we're going to punish you for it now. Sorry. Like, that's, that is what you're saying. So... I, I don't see how you can possibly think that this is equitable. And by the way, that's why Cincinnati voted against this. We should point that out. Cincinnati said, absolutely not. What are you doing? It's pretty classless on Cincinnati's part. <laughs> is it? <laughs> and according to Sir, big, bigger, big, bigger things in football, my friend. Uh, take, the, no. take the high road. What? I'm being sarcastic. Okay. Thank, thank I was going to say, yeah. no, wait, where's this at, at what about? point was, do you move past that? <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, what? yeah. That was a sentiment uh, throughout the week, and I don't know what I don't know what people were talking about. Who who has if someone's going to blow it between the Chiefs and the Bills? Who do you guys think is more likely to blow it? Tomorrow? Chiefs Raiders or or Chiefs Raiders or Bills? Oh, Ch- and Patriots. Chiefs. Chiefs. They're on the road. They've been struggling. And look, if there's a if two things. First of all, watch for Buffalo is getting every call from here through the Super Bowl. That's I mean that's a guarantee. There's no question. I don't think that's that a guarantee. That is absolutely go. going to happen. But the here other part is uh if like if is there has there ever been a better spot for a team than Buffalo in this game after what happened in their team meeting today of being in a team meeting and hey let's look uh let's look at uh, some plays here on the board. Oh no wait, it's it's Demar Hamlin zooming in to speak to our meeting. Like they, that had to be the greatest moment in the history of any team meeting ever. Like, there's yeah, no buy, way they're losing tomorrow. I don't buy it that they get more than like a, a a bump at the beginning of the game. I'm not betting based on that. I am. This is this to me is, is the greatest betting spot that I've ever seen, and uh, something that me and Mitch Moss oh still talk about all the time. So Mayweather and McGregor's just out no. That because... was the best bet, but I'm talking about situational handicapping. The greatest thing we've ever seen is the. Saints return to uh, to the Superdome after Katrina game, where we I mean we bet a lot on the Saints. We should have bet everything. Um, if I if I that game had to be like seventy five to nothing. I don't remember what it was. It was insane what happened in that game. And I feel like this is a very similar spot. Especially the Patriots have chaos today. They're you know taking game checks away from guys on IR. Whatever happened there, like there's chaos on that side. They're not that good anyway. This is this game is going to be like forty nine to three. I will admit, and I said this to Steve yesterday, I, I feel a bit of ickiness when it comes to talking about this from a gambling perspective and using it. Yeah, that, was, that was a couple days ago. Let's move on. <laughs> I mean, it is part of the handicap. No, it is. Of I, mean, I mean, like, like for example. I, mean, I, I, I mentioned, I, I'll tell you, I, I, I guess I'm icky 
I think it was the same day or the next day, and I don't mean the day that the false reports were out, but I asked a, a handicapper about Mississippi State and how they're going to respond to Mike Leach. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, it's, look, I, it's, 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 it's real life, and, you know, it's, I, I don't, I've, Adam and I have never understood the whole too soon thing. No, I, look, I fully admit, like, this is not something I'll push on anybody, right? This is my own personal thing. Like, for example, so, like, when Kobe passes away in the unfortunate accident, one of the biggest things you saw actually in the betting community was people were betting first quarter unders because, remember, they were doing the tributes where they were taking the penalties, the 8-second and then the 24-second violations. It, like, betters were going in and betting first quarter unders blindly because, like, the tributes that 30, were happening. 32 seconds of no action Right, guaranteed. exactly. So, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I understand that there's an aspect of it. I'm just talking about from personally. I don't know. Right. Maybe it's just a don't say it out loud thing. I, I'm, I fully admit it sounds goofy. I'm just saying. But in this, that's in this how case, I it's, feel. it's a positive. Like, he's pulled through, at least for, you know, everything's looking very good right now. He spoke to the team. Like, that is a massive boost. That's a very positive story. Yeah. The guy still had to go through what he went through to get this beautiful betting spot. That's sure. all. That's from my sure. standpoint. But it's not, it's not him going through it that creates a great spot. It's the fact that he talked to the team today. Well, yes, it is. He went through it, and, right, recovered, and then surprised the team. Like, sure. You cannot deny that that is why this spot is there. Yeah. Right. The, pa- the, pa- the Patriots are playing for something, though, right? They're not eliminated by kickoff. Correct. No. But so their, I mean, playoff, their playoff lives are on the line, too. Sure. Like I said, they're, they're a, like today they're a mess. How, are the, how is the team going to respond to whatever this – crazy story of taking game checks away yeah for, for those who don't know we got we got word that two two players right yeah uh, for the new england patriots were placed on the reserve suspended list um thus taking away their game check and their agents have then spoken up and said it sounds like there's a mix-up when it came to rehab and their injuries and that they're hoping to get it fixed but as of right now they, i think the pa is even getting involved. yeah the patriots moved two players from injured reserve to the suspended list to avoid paying them the last two games what is that? I, I've no like again. Who knows what they did to cause this? But it sounds like something that the team is probably not going to be thrilled about going into tomorrow's game. I don't know if it would distract them enough that they would be a, a bet against. Well, I think just just when you combine, okay, when you combine the things, where where are the two locker rooms at right now? Uh, I would imagine the Bills is in a better spot. What uh, what is the Bills uh, Patriots number once the Chiefs win? It's seven right now. I, st- I mean, I still think it's going to – I still think you – well, first of all, I think that's why it didn't shoot up today. Like, I think it right. would have gone up significantly. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, in fact, I heard a former player that now talks about gambling a lot today saying that he would lay 100 um, with, with them I after mean, after that uh, after that speech. So, um, lay 100. Expressing <laughs> shock that the number had not jumped up already. Uh, but I think the reason it didn't jump up is because, uh, obviously, the scenario could change between but now and then. I was going to say, but for those who are listening, what Steve's referencing is, if Kansas City wins, Buffalo has essentially nothing to play for, right? Well, they'd still have to hold – they would still have to yeah. stay ahead of the Bengals, right? They have to hold off the Bengals. They have to hold off the Bengals. But for the number one spot, they're, they, they can't win the number one spot. No, they wouldn't. The Bengals – can they win the two seats still? If the – if the Bills, if the Bengals, that's right. If the, the Bengals, Bengals win, lose. then it goes like a third tiebreaker or yeah. something like that. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah no, the Bengals would hold the strength of victory tiebreaker. That's a good point. Well, that's why. So, but that is a reference to one of my favorite things when it comes to Week 18. So, like Sunday night's going to be a great example of that. How the market reacts and prices motivation. So, for example, if Seattle wins, that Packers line is going to go to what? And I, I tend 11? to right, but I also tend to play against those because it's like. Are we really pricing? We're saying motivation is worth whatever it is. 
especially a team like Dan Campbell's well, psychopathic Lions. That's why you're going to come you, in and ready to go. You play it now and like parlay like Seahawks money line to Packers minus whatever it is now. You have you have to don't you have to bet the Packers at five now? I would think so. I mean, not, I mean, not if you believe. Seattle, Seattle's laying six against the Rams. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and go. I'd lay a hundred against the Rams. No, you. I'm you, not do you, that, you lay the five, knowing yeah. that if either you could then play out of it, mm-hmm. or if if the if the Seahawks lose and you play out of it, and if the Seahawks win, then you play it back and try to middle it. I mean, even if you don't like the game, you bet it, or you do what I did, which is bet the Lions because you think the Seahawks are going to lose, and even if they don't, go back in, baby. Sure. Sure. Dan Campbell's going to have those boys ready to go. But the line's not going to go down. No, I know that. I know. That's why I'm saying you lay, you lay it now, and either you just bet out of it and take, lose the juice, or then you play it back if, and bet the Lions if you don't like the, if you don't like the side. Collective Soul. Collective Souls? Soul. Got two tickets. Collective Soul. Saturday, January 14th, the Pearl Palms. Give Danny a call, 702-364-11. Caller number 9, 702-364-1100. Get your tickets to Collective Soul Saturday at the Pearl at Palm. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Golden Circle Sports Bar and Bar. Sportsbook and Bar. I get through it. At TI is the spot. John Montobel, Adam Hill are here. Steve Cofield out in Albuquerque. You know, as radio guys, I feel like we're really talented in saying nothing, right? Like a lot of word salads, a lot of useless jargon. <laughs> However, I have never seen a better example of saying nothing <laughs> than Michigan in Jim Harbaugh's statement the other day. That was great. As far as he knows. I fully bad. expect to be coaching Michigan next year. Also, was there not something thrown in there like essentially crazy things have happened? So we'll see. You never know. Why say anything? A lot of speculation. Trying to silence it. <laughs> That'll do it. I'm actually, I'm 100% fine with what he said, and I think this should be the template for everyone. Why? Wait, what do you mean, why? Because you never want to have a situation like you had with Nick Saban ever again. We know what's going on here. Harbaugh has an interest in the NFL. I don't know. Like, Adam, does he have an agenda with Michigan? Is he trying to get more money out of them every year? Maybe there's some other story we don't know about. Does he want more money to the program? Is there something with NIL where he's trying to put more pressure on him and get more support? Um, so I'll, I'll let you answer that. Is it, is it more Michigan-related, or is it this constant yearly thing where he's like, hey, I like the NFL, and I think I have something to prove? Well, I think I think it's a little bit of both. Every year he's got a little bit of something. You know, I think last year it was the, the money for the assistants and some you know program money that they – uh, that they got, but the money is essentially unlimited there, uh, and he can stay there as long as he wants. And he also knows that you know the NFL is out there, and it intrigues him, and it's something that he wants to look into. But he wants to keep his name out there every year because at some point the perfect job is going to be there. I don't know if it's this year; it might be, but at some point he's waiting for the perfect opportunity in the NFL, and he'll take it at that point. Uh, but I, I know he wants to stay relevant and keep his name out there every single year. And then you also get some stuff out of your school. Then is there a perfect job, John? But uh, we're going to find out about a lot more open jobs on Black Monday. Indianapolis. You just want him. Of course I Who's do. Who's the quarterback? C.J. Stroud. Okay. 
I mean, realistically, if you look at the way the top five breaks down, there's obviously trades that can happen. He's not going to coach an OSU guy. There's uh, – stop. There's, <laughs> <laughs> you think when he, go, if he goes to the NFL, when so he much oust, integrity. When, like the roster, when he just oust every single Ohio State no, player. No, just quarterback. The, the whole roster. Just quarterback. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, I, will, I do think Indianapolis is a somewhat attractive job. Top five pick. If you look at the way the top five breaks down, there's not there, – I think there's two teams right now that would select a quarterback in the top five. There's obviously teams that could trade into it or whatever. Um, there's a good chance you could use that fifth pick, move up, whatever it is, so you have a franchise quarterback to build on with a lot of potential. I think Indianapolis is a pretty good job. And he's right, got ties with, to let, it, let, by the way. Let, yeah, he does have ties to it. Yeah, he played there. Let, let's stick with that. What's more attractive, Adam, uh, C.J. Stroud and a fresh starter quarterback or C.J. Stroud but the bridge is Derek Carr? In Indy, Oof. I mean, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the worst situation. I think he'd retire. I mean that that's the kind of spot that we. Are you sure? No. Uh, I, no, 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 no. Not the retire part. No. <laughs> the reason then the reason I asked you is you always talk about team building and how hard it is to win when you have a 35, 40, 45, 50 million dollar quarterback. Oh, hold on. I'm assuming that Derek Carr is getting cut. I don't think anybody's trading for that contract. Okay, Derek Carr is signed for. 25 mil a year for two years. Are you okay with that? If you're Harbaugh, you're uh, like, hey, we still have enough money to do a real football build here. It's not bad. I mean, I would I would try to get him less, obviously, and I would think that maybe he's less than 20. Um, but I think that's a good fit where you can play indoors and play in a, let's say, mostly you know favorable media market. Um, I think that'd be the kind of place that that car could work. And by the way, it's it, it's low expectations because he's following a couple quarterbacks that haven't done a whole lot. Uh, you got weapons in place there, and you got a great running back, potentially a bounce back offensive line. Like I think there's a lot of things that could work about it. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Time for our weekly conversation with our Friday NFL insider, the former Eagle, former Chief Mark McMillan. A busy day today in both uh, the Arizona area and here. In Vegas, and we just caught up with him a, a little while ago, and he was playing in a golf tournament today, the Kwame Lasseter Memorial Golf Tournament in the Phoenix area. And we started off the conversation talking about some of the, the big stars who were there, including Sterling Sharp and how he's doing. Uh, he's doing good. You know, we talked a little bit about his brother. He was like, man, I think he might be a little too honest. I was like, well, he's always dropping your name, so you're included in all the stuff that he's got going on. But uh, he's doing good. He's looking good. Um, you know, It's always good to see guys that you competed with in the past. I know you have a busy weekend coming up. Uh, you have a meet and greet uh, after the Raiders game uh, over at Mandalay Bay? Yeah, I have a meet and greet uh, from 5 to 7 at Eye Candy um, over at Mandalay Bay. So no perfect time than when the Raiders play the Chiefs, and a lot of Chief fans are really – uh, excited to be able to see me again. I'm excited to see those uh, fans as well. So come on out, man. The eye candy. I guess I am the eye candy. There you uh, go. <laughs> Mark McMillan is with us. All right, well, let's set up the Raiders-Chiefs game by talking about last week. And the Raiders fall short, unfortunately. Uh, you know, the Niners are a good team. They make a big play in overtime. But a lot of people really impressed by Jarrett Stidham. What do you think? I thought he played well. Um, I thought he, uh, you know, he took some chances. Um, he was able to get outside the pocket and use his legs. Uh, that opposed problems to any defense. I don't care how good your defense is. When you have a mobile quarterback, uh, especially no one had any real film on him either. So, you know, the 49ers was just going out there uh, on a whim, and uh, he made them pay. You know, he almost threw for over 400 yards. 
Uh, he was confident. Uh, you know, he spread the ball around. I think every receiver and tight end had an opportunity to uh, make some plays. And for a quarterback, you know, that's what you're allowed, you know, you're supposed to do, spread the ball around, uh, which helped the running game out as well. But it ended up being a shootout, so the running game kind of fell to the wayside. So let's put this all in perspective. I'm sure you've been in situations where the backup has come in and played well. What does this mean for Stidham? What does it mean for the Raiders? They're moving on from Derek Carr. Could Jared Stidham actually be a real option in the mix to be the guy maybe in front of a young guy next year? Um, I think he can be the guy. You know, obviously he's been in the system for a while. And, you know, he showed that he can move the ball. Um, You know, he's got a vote of confidence from Waller, uh, Devontae Adams, um, you know, he's been in that locker room with those guys. Um, I was in Philadelphia when uh, Ray Rose benched Randall Cunningham. And, you know, everybody was like, yo, you can't bench Randall for Rodney Pete. And then Rodney Pete, you know, comes in and, and does really well. And they released Randall and Rodney Pete became the, the Eagle starter moving forward from there. So it can happen. Um, I know he probably wouldn't be the fan favorite if they say, hey, we're going with Stenham, um, you know, just because of the name recognition People don't know a lot about them. Everybody wants Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, sometimes you have to look within your organization and see what you really have. And last week he made the calls for uh, for him to be uh, in the mix next year. Cofield and company, Mark McMillan, is here with us. Our NFL insider, of course, played uh, nearly 10 years in the National Football League, played for the Chiefs. They're in town this weekend, played for the Eagles as well. We'll get to the Eagles situation in just a couple of minutes. So you mentioned the whole dynamic with, uh, you know, Randall, and Rodney Pete, the Derek Carr situation is really interesting. As a former player, take us into the mind of the player. You've been riding with Derek Carr the entire season. The coaching staff makes a change, and then Derek Carr just leaves. Yeah, that's that's unusual. You know, that, that's something you never see, especially as a starting cornerback, uh, starting quarterback in the league. Uh, your franchise guy, uh, he's been uh, the quarterback for the Raiders since he's got drafted. And all of a sudden, he's just not even around the facilities. He's not around the players. He's not around the organization. It's um, it's a bad situation. And and you know, it's it, the marriage is over. We all know that. But the way the marriage has ended, as a player, I think they deserve. Uh, I think he deserves better than that. Uh, regardless of you know his performance on the field, what he's able to do, and we just saw last week how quickly this game can change uh, into real life situations and. Derek Carr has put his life on the line every week for the Raiders. And for it to end like this, uh, why not just put him on, on second team? Why not just demote him and just say, hey, we're just going to go with a different direction? They're only going to the playoffs anyway. So I think that would have been a perfect time to be like, we're going to go with him to see what we have. You don't want Derek to get hurt because you're going to have to pay, for, pay that contract as well. But, you know, from a former player, man, I just thought they did him dirty. So you think this is more on the Raiders, this decision, than it is Derek Carr? Um, the, that meeting, no one knows what really went on in that meeting. Um, obviously, with the demeanor of Derek Carr, you know, he seems like he's always going to be positive. Uh, he's not going to ruffle any feathers. But um, it'll be pretty interesting once things unfold to see how things played out in that meeting. I don't think Josh was a, a, a Derek Carr guy from the jump, just starting from the beginning. I don't think he really was a Derek Carr guy. Mark McMillan's with us. You played on some good teams. You played on some bad teams, some teams that – how to play out the string, knowing you weren't going to make the playoffs. What's motivation like down the stretch? And, and specifically in this case, do you expect any issues in terms of motivation for the Raiders against a rival like the Chiefs at home? I think you come out fired up. Um, you know, I know one guy that's going to show up. It's going to be Max Crosby. Whether they're 1-15 or 12-0, and 0, Max Crosby is going to show up. 
And, you know, hopefully those guys will feed off of that. And you're playing for your job. Um, we saw all year how many guys they were releasing, putting on practice squads. Uh, so you got to put out good film uh, for the offseason because you're not guaranteed to be on this team uh, next year. And, you know, Josh is going to go down with this ship, with the guys that he chose. And you see what the results are so far. It's almost like a repeat of the Denver Broncos situation. Uh, college football, Georgia is still representing the SEC. Your Alabama team closed out the season strong but did not make the Final Four. What do you think happens on Monday? I feel like it's the same exact scenario as uh, TCU against Michigan where no one's given TCU a chance. They don't have a fighting chance here against Georgia? They have a fighting chance against Georgia. Um, I'm an SEC guy, and, you know, obviously everybody thinks I'm supposed to pull for Georgia because they're in the SEC but I've been riding with TCU for a while. I thought the quarterback played really well all season, beating top 10, top 15, top 20 teams all year. No one's giving these guys respect. Uh, they lose to the Big Ten. They lose to uh, you know Kansas State in the title game, and they're like, oh, they're terrible. And then all they do is come down and punch Michigan in the mouth. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, Michigan is looking around like, yo, what just happened? So TCU is a team uh, of what? two, three-star players, you know, that goes out and get it done. And I'm always rooting for those guys that don't have all the star rankings and get invited to all All-American games. I'm picking TCU. Mark McMillan is with us here on Cofield and Company. So locally, the big news was, well, shocker, Bobby Petrino decided to uh, move on without much warning. Petrino, OC at UNLV for all of 20 days. He's going to Texas A&M. And, you know, on the surface, I, I – I, Listen, I understand why you would do that. His salary is tripled. It's the SEC versus UNLV. But that's, that's not really the story. There's a certain amount of responsibility that comes with taking a job, Mark. And a lot of that responsibility is not only to the school and Barry Odom, but it's also to the kids who you're trying to build trust with and recruits. Yeah, it, it sucks. You know, I feel for the recruits. And, you know, that's one thing I always say to young kids and their parents. Uh, you know, be honest. Be open and honest when these folks uh, come to your living room. Um, ask the tough, tough questions, you know, um, obviously paternal, you know, he, he went to a couple of houses. He got some guys to recruit. He got some guys to commit to UNLV. So his message to these kids is probably like, Hey, you know, I'm excited to have you here. I'm going to be here. And then the coach bounces, you know, at, at some point, man, these coaches got to be open and honest with these kids and not just say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm looking elsewhere, but, um, this just didn't happen overnight. Um, there, there was conversations, I guarantee you with, uh, Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher. Um, you don't just leave and uh, in the in the blink of the eye. You know you're in a, you're you're back home holding your grandkids, excited to go to UNLV. You're throwing out tweets for UNLV, talking about let's go, and then all of a sudden you go. And you know, but this is kind of like a pattern for a lot of coaches. Uh, obviously, Paterno is one that has a lot of st- baggage in his bag, and this just adds to the. Uh, the drama of Coach Paterno, and then he goes to work for Jimbo Fisher. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go back to the NFL. So good news on DeMar Hamlin uh, on uh, Friday morning uh, that his uh, breathing tube is out. This has been a crazy week around the NFL and kind of a wake-up call for a lot of people about the viciousness of the NFL and you know how close the, uh, the line is walked every time everyone goes on the field. Yeah, um, you know, prayers up to that young man. Uh, a prayer, a big shout out to the Bills and the Bengals medical staff and the hospital for being so 
quickly to get on the field. Um, you know, I'm here in Arizona, and I played in playing in a tournament with a, a former player, Kwame Lasseter, who wasn't as fortunate, who, uh, you know, had a heart attack inside the gym while he was on the treadmill, uh, but didn't have that response team like the uh, Bills and the Bengals did. So uh, kudos to that medical staff. Uh, kudos to everybody across the National Football League and worldwide uh, for praying for this young man. And Steve, it just goes to show you, man, we always say you're just one play away from your career being over, but not like your life. You know, you're thinking ACL or, or uh, you know, Achilles tendon or broken bones or concussion. But, you know, when you actually die on the field and they have to revive you in real time, as a player, I can't imagine uh, what those guys were going through. But, man, uh, the young man is fighting for his life. And, you know, over the last couple of days, he's been responding now he's able to, uh, you know, move his extremities and, like I said, move the breathing tube uh, within, what, 72 hours or something like that, which is, uh, which is incredible for that young man to still have his consciousness to wake up and ask, who won the game? You know? Yep. <laughs> uh, you mentioned playing golf today with Sterling Sharp. Uh, let's talk about Shannon Sharp a little bit and what's going on with Skip Bayless. What do you make of that whole situation? I've been explaining, I think as a week has gone along, that it's a bit of a work. Um, I'm not sure that Shannon is in on the work, but, uh, you know, I, I guess it's pretty gross to take advantage of this DeMar Hamlin situation by Fox and Skip for yeah. ratings. But uh, what do you think of it from the former player standpoint and Shannon getting really frustrated with Skip? Oh, man, it's it's terrible. It's a terrible take. Um, you know, when you try to capitalize on uh, an individual life, you know, when they're just talking about sports or, you know, somebody missing a jump shot or somebody striking out with the bases loaded, uh, but when you're a network and you kind of get behind that and, and try to push the narrative uh, to get ratings, um, it took everything in uh, Shannon Sharp, I'm sure, to not reach over that table and grab Skip. Everybody on social media wants to grab Skip. Charles Barkley cannot stand Skip Bayless, and he makes that known all the time on every chance he gets. But, um, you know, being in the media side of the things, man, uh, you've been very professional over the years. Uh, but just to see that and know, you know, what kind of position and voice that we have, you know, being on the radio, being on TV and the impact that our words have, uh, you know, that was that was weak, man. And you know, I, I guarantee you some guys that really want to put their hands on Skip Bayless and just imagine as a family member having to listen to that rhetoric uh, and your son is in the hospital fighting for his life. And this guy's worried about a football game. Mark McMillan is with us. So uh, big, big NFL weekend, final weekend of the season before we get to the uh, playoffs. And I know this week you were getting ready for the playoffs because uh, the grill runs all year long and you always have a special menu each weekend for the NFL playoffs. And I saw the grill fired up just a couple of days ago. You had what was that a, a boneless Turkey breast and then also some giant steak on the grill. <laughs> yeah. I had a nice little steak on there and I had a boneless uh, skinless Turkey breast that I put on uh, my grill of grills was my, uh, my grill sponsor out of, Kansas City, of all places. So, you know, just firing up the grill. You know, it is Raider week. you got to put something on the grill. Um, you know, so I'm excited about that. Uh, we're going to have on Raiders pregame live, we have a Mabel's Barbecue coming to the studio uh, from the Palms Casino. So we're excited about that. Uh, give them a little exposure. Um, they got some Kansas City barbecue sauce that they, they said they're going to bring in. So, man, Grilla McMillan is hot, man. The infused olive oils are doing great. Uh, just launched in Hy-Vee in Olathe, Kansas. So Olathe, Kansas, Hy-Vee is carrying my uh, infused olive oils as well. So a lot of stuff is coming up. And as you know, 
some really big news is coming up uh, within the next week or two. All right, good deal. I'm excited for it. I know you've been sitting on that one for about <laughs> uh, four months, and congrats on getting into KC, one of your former stomping grounds at the uh, at the grocery store. And everyone out there, make sure you change your schedule. If you're watching 8 News Now on Sunday mornings, it'll be on Saturday morning, the pregame Saturday morning. And by the way, I've been to Mabel's at the Palms. Really good. Oh, really good, really good spot. Oh, yeah, I'm excited, and I'm excited to, uh, to hear that. So, And if you're in uh, uh, Vegas, you can also go to Barbecue Concepts. Uh, they carry my uh, Mighty Mesquite and my five-oil-infused uh, olive oils. And you can get yourself a Grillin' McMillan Mesquite-infused pizza at Evil Pie. So we're going to run that through the month of February, and we're doing the proceeds. We're donating a dollar back to the Nathan Adelson Foundation. So I got a Grillin' McMillan chicken margarita pizza nice very nice uh one more time mgm or actually mandalay bay uh meet and greet that'll be after the game five to seven where is it at the eye candy baby so come on and check out the eye candy from five to seven p.m at mandalay bay i'll be there signing autographs and uh, uh meeting and greeting the fans all right mark good job we're coming back with uh, jvt and adam hill as we're live at treasure island live uh, here from Albuquerque, Mark McMillan. We appreciate it. Coming up, the grab bag. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. All right. Danny, do you have the capabilities of going in there? All right, get in there. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So Steve threw a curve for his. Huh? Who found that clip? Um, it's always one of my pride and joys. The endless hours that I would spend just going down YouTube wormholes to try to find audio clips. And I will never forget video. It was a random YouTube video that I think had 20 views. This is my pride. This is wow. good producing right here. And it was just a massive, like, pilot flame. Right? It was huge. I don't know what machine, but it was huge. It was just like this. And obviously it was a flame, but it was a pilot flame. It was hot. It looked crazy. And it's a 20-second video, and it, that, that in the background you hear is the flame. And somebody just goes, stick your hand in there, dude. And, like, that's the whole thing. Nobody sticks so their perfect. hand in there. right? Like, nobody so sticks perfect. their hand in there. Nothing happens. I just assumed somebody actually stuck their hand in nope. there. Nope. It's literally just. So it's, the video ends with just, like, no resolution? No. It's just 20 seconds of that flame, that man going, stick your hand in there, dude. And then, like, that's it. I picture that. I was going to say, was that seven years ago you pulled that or longer? Uh, probably just about somewhere around wow. there. I picture about as old as that. Uh, I was going to say it's about as old as that Dana White redone we uh, used to start the hour. <laughs> the, which one aged worse? <laughs> uh, I picture him as like very much a redneck. Gentleman. You never see. You never see the person. Really? The, the video is it's such a mystery. Yeah, I see him. It, well, I mean, yes. <laughs> like, I see him in my mind's eye, too. Right. I see a very skinny Caucasian man with long blonde hair and a very thin mustache. Really? Who's super skinny. Oh, I see it. Like a, drinking like beer a, with a beer belly. Just like a, no, okay, he's super skinny with a beer belly? Yeah. I see just a, a fairly large, <laughs> fairly large guy with like a, obviously white, with a with right. like overalls. Yeah. Maybe like a hunting jacket. Watch, see, this is, this is, see, this is terrible of us. It's probably a really fit Asian man. <laughs> yeah. What's <laughs> the odds on that? Right. We can't assume. We can't assume. It's fair. All right, get back in there. Stick your hand in there, Dave. <laughs> More problem. 
highly you probable Caucasian Dirt. man. <laughs> you see Joe Dirt. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I see uh, Joe Dirt. I think you're just seeing David Spade. I don't think you're seeing the actual No, no, person. no. You know what I'm seeing? It, like, you know that there's a guy, I think it's Futurama. No, it's Futurama or The Simpsons. There is a, like, hillbilly type character. I'll have to pull it up. Uh, I'll show you. Okay. Either way. All right, so Steve threw a curveball in here. So one of the cool things about my um, – the more times that I've been able to cover UNLV around this year, especially football, is going on a couple of these road trips. Um, and one of the things is, of course, the broadcaster bites, as Steve puts it, sure. him and Caleb and um, others who go on these trips. I think basketball is a little bit more of a solo venture for Steve when he's out there. It seems, at least. Um, so he threw this in the chat for us. Albuquerque has both Waffle House and Whataburger. He can only go to one tomorrow. Which one? And I knew immediately what my choice was. Well, I'll, I'll say this. The, the choosing one is not correct. The, the optimum thing to do is you go to Whataburger for dinner, and then you go to Waffle House at closing time of the bars. Correct. Yeah. So as somebody who has never been to either, if I had to choose one, it would be Waffle House, and I wouldn't go to eat. I would just sit there and watch yeah. and oh. just wait if, for whatever were if, to happen. If bars close at 1, go at 1. Or actually go at 12.55, so you're there before. You have a table. You can see the chaos enter. If it's 2, same thing, One fifty-five a.m., go in there. That's the way to do it. Damn. I think my plans might have changed. I might go to Waffle House tonight and then find a way in the middle of the day tomorrow to go to Whataburger. But you also know Albuquerque is the spot where – I can't remember. Is that the spot? Well, that that's that's next. That's in about forty minutes. Okay. Um, right. Which, by the way, is actually there is a location coming to Vegas. Oh, I, I think it's going to be open in the next six months. I, so. I might move. Cause it's um, too far away from my house. To uh, to sales, there is only one show that belongs there. Uh, right. Yeah. We belong there. Anyway, um, this is also the place where there's it's a chain um, deli. Um, I cannot remember the name of it. But this is also a place, John, you remember I tweeted out a picture of a loaded baked potato. Yes. That I had had uh, like three hours before going to the pit to cover a game. And I just did not size up the pit correctly because the pit is 5220 above sea level. And it's got those hellish ramps. And I was like, wow, this potato was sitting heavy well, three hours later. It was, it was a, folks, it was a gigantic loaded potato. And I think I threw like jalapenos on there. There might have been bacon. Like it was a, just a freaking gut bomb. You're also you're burying which what I find is the best part about that. Oh, meal. that's right, that's right, that's right. So it's a lo- everything that Steve just mentioned. It's got like meat and jalapeno. It's a ridiculously loaded potato, and he washed it down with coffee, just drowned in coffee mate cream. I'm oh. sure. Yep. Oh yeah, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> oh yeah, at least four creamers, five creamers, coffee, and the loaded baked potato, and then start walking up and down the ramp at fifty two twenty. Oh yeah, wind for it. sure. I did it. Oh, I'm, I'm always winded. That, there was another time, uh, going back to Marvin Menzies' days, um, somehow I think I missed Menzies like, walking by me, and I had, a, I had to run up the ramp to do the halftime interview. Forget it. No shot. You think John Sandler would go with you to the Waffle House? I don't think John's a Waffle House type of guy. I'm not sure that John is an Ojos Locos guy either, but we're going to try. We're going to try. I, we, I, think- I, I actually, I, you know, on the on the whole food mention thing, I'd probably have to uh, – text at uh, Russ Langer because I know he's got a burrito spot here so I may have to get burrito. There's a lot of meals to get done in like the next day and a half. Danny, real quick get back in there. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Prediction for tomorrow, Steve. What is it? Uh, I think New Mexico by eight and I think this this crowd is going to be nuts and by far, I know people think the uh, San Diego State crowd is good and Viejas is good. When this place is full New Mexico has the best crowd. I like it. I'm excited to watch. It'll be a good test for the running Rebels. 
Good times are awaiting you here at Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar TI. That does it for us. Make sure you come by for the breakfast specials and more. Steve, have a good call tomorrow. With that, everybody, have a good weekend. Thanks for listening.